السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ہاؤ یو آل ڈوئنگ الحمد للہ ڈی ریمبر مینال شی واز ان آور کلاس اینڈ شی موو ٹو ونزر شی یوز ٹو سٹ ان دا فرنٹ یا آئی میٹ ہر یسٹر ڈے ان ونزر آئی ہیو ویلکم رمضان پروگرام اوور دیر اینڈ ماشاء اللہ مینال از اے گروپ ان چارج ماشاء اللہ her her mother and two other sisters uh, who have graduated from here they're all from Windsor they all met together and mashallah they're running an excellent talimul quran program so i went yesterday i saw their classroom in a school library mashallah white hijabs amazing you know the way the students were studying it was like a regular tqe mashallah it was so nice to see them and then they had gathered a huge number of people mashallah and they presented the Talim al-Qur'an program to them in such a beautiful and such a creative way, mashallah. And I was hoping that inshallah, wherever you go, you also take this light with you, inshallah. You know, sometimes we think that we can only do something if there's an organization, an institute, and I'll do something small here or there. But it's amazing how these three sisters, only three of them, it's amazing how much good they are doing over there, mashallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the ability to take the khair wherever we go. Wherever we go. So that every day of our lives is useful. Inshallah. Let's begin the lesson. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Surah Al-Zukhruf, ayah number 57. وَلَمَّا and when ضُرِبَ He was struck, as in he was presented. Ibn Maryam, the son of Maryam, meaning Isa alayhi salam, he was presented as a mathalan, as an example. Meaning when the example of Isa alayhi salam was given, what happened? Ida at once, qawmuka, your people. Meaning, O Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, your people, as in the Arabs, minhu, at him, or at it. At what? At the example that was presented. At once your people, يصدون. They laughed out loud. يصدون, from the root letters, صاد دال دال. صد يصدو. There's another word also from the same root, which means to stop. But this version, صد يصدو, this form, is from the word صديد. And صديد is to scream. To make noise upon falling. And from this, the word صَدَّ يَصِدُّ is used for making noise. In particular, when laughing. So, يَصِدُّون meaning they laughed out very loudly. So the word is used for loud laughter. So for example, when people are hooting or booing in derision, you know, they are jeering at someone, making noise basically. Right? Laughing at somebody, booing them. This is Yasiddun. So, إِذَا قَوْمُكَ مِنْهُ يَصِدُّونَ At once, they started laughing, clapping, making noise. Why? Out of mockery. Laughing at you. وَقَالُوا And they said, أَآلِهَتُنَا Are our gods, meaning those whom we worship, are they خَيْرٌ Better? أَمْ or هُوَ He. He as in Isa alayhi salam. Meaning, they're the same. There's no difference between Isa alayhi salam and the idols whom we worship. 
Allah says, ما ضربوه ما not ضربوه They presented him Meaning Isa salam's example The only reason why they gave it Is لَكَ for you إِلَّا except jadala As dispute, as mere argument Meaning they didn't present his example In order to clarify the truth Rather they presented his example Just to argue with you Just as mere argument. Bal rather, whom they are, qawmun a people, who are khasimun, they are prone to dispute. Khasimun, plural of the word khasim. And who is khasim? One who indulges in khasim. Khasim is dispute, meaning whose habit is to just dispute all the time. So they are a very argumentative people. They're not having this discussion with you in order to seek the truth, but just to, just to argue with you for the sake of arguing. Now, these verses clearly, they're talking about a certain incident. Now, what is that incident? We learned that once the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca, he said that there is nothing that is worshipped besides Allah, except that it is void of any good. Meaning, whatever is worshipped besides Allah is void of any good. It's got no khair in it. Now, what happened? The mushrikeen, they said, well, you're talking about anything that is worshipped besides Allah. What about Isa salam? There are people who worship him. So you say our idols are void of any khair? Well, then that means even Isa salam has no khair in him. And so what happened when they said that? Everybody started clapping and, and jeering and laughing out. And they did this. Why? Because were they really seeking the truth? No. Why did they do this? Just to attack the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then we see that in the ayah in Surah Al-Anbiya, ayah ninety-eight, Allah subhanahu wa taala says that innakum wa ma ta'buduna min dunillahi hasabu jahannam. That you, O idolaters, and all those whom you worship besides Allah, will be the fuel of fire. All right. So the mushrikeen they said, well, if Isa alaihi salam is worshipped besides Allah then that means, according to this verse, he will also be in the fire. Na'udhu billah. So what happened? All of a sudden, they're like, yes, we won an argument against the Prophet wasallam. They had a good laugh out of it. They started making fun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses. One of the mushrikeen, Abdullah bin Az-Zuba'ra, he said about this ayah, that near you, Isa salam is a prophet, and you praise his mother as well, and you know that the Christians worship them both. And Uzair, Prophet Uzair is also worshipped. And so are the angels. So now they're extending it beyond Isa salam. Uzair salam as well as the angels. They said, if they are in hell, then we are pleased. So this was really an attempt to win against the Prophet wasallam in argument. So Allah revealed these verses, that these trick questions, they are not in order to understand the truth. They are out of pride and arrogance. And many times we'll find people coming up with such trick questions, you know, about the existence of God, about the power of God, or about the Prophet ﷺ, about the Qur'an. So many matters about religion, they come up with these clever questions. But all these clever questions, what's the objective? Is it really to seek the truth? No. It is to defeat people who believe in argument. That's the objective. So it's coming out of a position of arrogance. So Allah clarifies over here that ما ضربوه لك إلا جدلا. You don't need to take this seriously. What they have said, 
This was just for mere argument. And the thing is that بَلْهُمْ قَوْمٌ خَصِيمُونَ They are a people who just need an excuse to delve into argument. That's it. Because if you think about it, the ayah that Allah revealed that إِنَّكُمْ وَمَا تَعْبُدُونَ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ The word ma is used for non-rational beings. Alright? It's used for غير aql. It's used for objects, for things that are not alive. And what is used for? People. Those who are rational. Man. Right? So even in terms of language, this argument was not justified. So this was just argument for the sake of argument in order to belittle the truth. And the Prophet ﷺ warned us about that. The Prophet ﷺ said, No people go astray after having followed right guidance except those who indulge in disputes. Meaning after having the truth, why would a person go astray? Why? Because they are indulging in useless, unnecessary disputes. You see, matters of the akhirah, matters of the unseen, no matter how much we discuss them, no matter how much we argue about them, is it going to take us anywhere? Is it really going to take us anywhere? Nowhere. And even if we were to win in argument, what benefit did that bring to us? Nothing. You know, for example, Buraq, the creature Buraq, on which the Prophet ﷺ went in the night journey. So there was a time when people were arguing, is the Buraq halal or not? Meaning, can you eat it or can you not eat it? Now, this interesting debate, sure, go ahead and try to debate, but... Even if you said after this long debate that Buraq is halal, well, good luck finding one. Seriously. Right? Good luck finding one. What use is this argument? Now, we might not be discussing about Buraq, but we really need to think about what discussions we delve into when we're talking about religion, when we're talking about the matters of the Akhirah. It's always things like, I think this is okay. And I don't think that's okay. And I think God would never decide this. And I think that... What does it matter? Worry about what you can do. Time is precious. Right? So, بَلْهُمْ قَوْمٌ خَصِيمُونَ And the Prophet ﷺ recited this ayah. He recited this ayah. So it's a warning that when we delve into useless arguments and useless discussions... This is like opening the door to misguidance. You know, it's like going off track. It's like going away from the right guidance. Delving into useless arguments. If there is a discussion, a debate, in which people are debating certain matters of the religion, you really have to see how relevant are those matters. Right? So for example, if there is an interfaith discussion about the oneness of God, about the existence of God, about God's attributes, there is nothing wrong with that. Why? Because such a discussion is going to call people to tawheed. It's an attempt of da'wah. Likewise, if there is a discussion on fiqhi matters, Ramadan is coming, right? And then you have so many questions that people have forgotten over the past year, but as Ramadan is coming, instead of worrying about what goal am I going to set for myself, we're thinking, why is that masjid doing that? And why is that masjid doing this? And why are they praying at this time? And why not at that time? I mean, these things bother us, okay. It's good to have clarity. You know, it's good. 
However, our life should not just be about that scholar said this and that scholar said that. No. Life should not just be about discussions. It should be about doing something also. Every time I think about um, the discussions that people have, which are important about aqidah or other things, you can't just stop at having the discussion because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in every verse, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Exactly. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ It's not just about, yeah, I believe and then, you know, I have all these questions and these points in my head. Well, good. But after knowledge, action should follow. After faith, action must follow. So, بَلْ هُمْ قَوْمٌ خَصِمُونَ We have to be very, very careful. You know, sometimes... Shaitan, he casts doubts in our hearts like this. He puts shak in our hearts by telling us, well, you know what? You should really research into this matter. right? And you should really see what others have to say. For example, about the existence of God. What does the scientist say? And what does that research say? And what does that book say? And what does that author say? You know what? I'm going to find out myself. And then you're reading the arguments of one group and then the arguments of another group. And you end up in total confusion. In total confusion. I'm not saying don't use your mind. I'm saying that there are some matters over which people have been disputing over centuries. And we need to really take our lives, our time seriously. And leave those matters about which people argue. Because the more we delve into these arguments, the more confusing things will become for us. Islam is simple. Deen is simple. But when we touch only those issues over which there are differences, then the religion becomes super confusing for us. It looks so messy to us. We don't know what to do, what not to do. We confuse ourselves. So protect yourself by staying clear of all of these messy matters. بَلْ هُمْ قَوْمٌ خَصِيمُونَ Allah says that in huwa, in not, huwa he, meaning Prophet Isa salam, illa except abdun a servant. He was a servant of Allah. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah 117, Isa salam, he says that مَا قُلْتُ لَهُمْ إِلَّا مَا أَمَرْتَنِي بِهِ أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ رَبِّي وَرَبَّكُمْ what message did Prophet Isa give to people? That worship Allah who is my Lord and also your Lord. So what does that tell us about the status of Isa a.s.? In huwa illa abdun an'amna alayhi. An'amna, we bestowed favor alayhi on him. Allah bestowed many favors upon Isa a.s. Can you think of some? Some special gifts or qualities or strengths. Blessings that Allah gave to Isa a.s. That he didn't have a father. He was born from only a mother. Any other ni'mah? Yes, he spoke in the cradle as a baby. What else? Yes, that he was given certain miracles related to healing. Right? In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah 110, some of these blessings are mentioned. That on the Day of Judgment, Allah will say, Ya Isa ibn Maryam, Udhkur ni'mati alayka wa ala walidatik. Remember my favor on you and also on your mother. Idh ayyattuka biruhil qudusi. When I strengthened you through the Holy Spirit, meaning Jibreel, Angel Jibreel. That tukallimun nasa fil mahdi wa kahla. 
that you spoke to the people in the cradle. Secondly, وَإِذَ hikmah, And when I taught you the book and wisdom, he was given knowledge. وَالتَّوْرَاتَ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ Thirdly, Now the miracles are mentioned. That when you would make a bird from clay, and then you would blow into it, and that bird would come alive. You would cure the blind and the leper by my permission. Then, Another blessing. That the dead, Isa alayhi salam, would revive them back to life by the permission of Allah. And then, وَإِذْ كَفَثْتُ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ عَنْكَ When I protected you from the Bani Israel, when I kept them away from you, when they weren't able to harm him, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted Prophet Isa alayhi salam unharmed. So, أَنْعَمْنَا عَلَيْهِ وَجَعَلْنَاهُ And we made him, meaning Isa alayhi salam, was made as a mathalan, as an example, لِبَنِي Israel for the children of Israel. How was he an example for the children of Israel? His birth was. It was a proof of resurrection. It was a proof of Allah's power. And then, when Isa alayhi salam spoke, and he advised and admonished the people, when he addressed them, that was also an example for the Bani Israel. So, why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying this about Isa alayhi salam? In defense of Prophet Isa. That these mushrikeen are using this logic. They're saying that if our idols are going to be in hell, then well, anyone who's worshipped besides Allah, and that means even a prophet of Allah, should be in the same place. Allah defends Prophet Isa. That no... Prophet Isa was Allah's servant. He worshipped Allah. We bestowed many favors on him. In Surah Al-Anbiya, Ayah 101, Allah says, That these servants, they will be kept away from hell. So far that لا يسمعون حسيسها They will not even hear the sound of hell. وَهُمْ فِي مَشْتَهَتْ أَنفُسُهُمْ خَالِدُونَ And they will be abiding eternally in whatever their souls desire. Meaning, Prophet Isa salam will be granted many favors in the hereafter also. Just as Allah gave him many favors in this world, He will bestow many favors on him in the hereafter. And he will be far from what the deniers laugh at. Allah says, وَلَوْ نَشَاءُ And if we wanted, لَجَعَلْنَا Surely we would make مِنْكُمْ from you مَلَائِكَةً Angels فِي الْأَرْضِ in the earth. And these angels, يَخْلُفُونَ They would succeed. يَخْلُفُونَ خَالَامْفَ To come after someone. Meaning, what do you think of yourself, O people? What gives you the arrogance to laugh out so loudly at a messenger of Allah? How could you do that? What do you think of yourself? Do you not realize that you are replaceable? Do you not realize that Allah can take you away and replace you with a different creation on this earth? Don't you realize that your days are numbered? So basically, their arrogance is being criticized over here. That how could you be so arrogant towards Allah? How could you be so arrogant towards Allah's Messenger? وَلَوْ نَشَاءُ لَجَعَلْنَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْكُمْ meaning instead of you. We could remove you and in your place there would be another creation living like angels. You are replaceable. 
you can be removed very quickly. And we see this, that how in an instant, literally, an entire city could be wiped out. An entire civilization, nation, could be finished. I mean, look at how the city of Fort McMurray, how it was buzzing with life, so busy, and now it's so dangerous that people can't even go back. They can't even go back. It's been so many weeks, and they can't even go back. It's not safe. This is our reality. We are so weak. We can be replaced within moments. We can be finished within moments. So, وَلَوْ نَشَاءُ لَجَعَلْنَا مِنْكُمْ مَلَائِكَةً And if we remember this fact about ourselves, I am replaceable. I will die. This will remove arrogance from our hearts. This is what will bring true humility. Now, over here, there is another message being given through this ayah. You see the mushrikeen? They said that, okay, Prophet Isa is worshipped, angels are worshipped. Right? So they said if our idols would be in hell, then that means the angels should be also. وَالْعِيَاذُ billah. Allah says over here, that angels, yes they are a very noble creation, but this does not mean that you start worshipping them. Because the mushrikeen used to worship the angels also. Right? They used to say that they are Allah's daughters. So, it is being said that angels are a noble creation, but it doesn't mean that you begin to worship them. Because if Allah wants, He can send the angels on earth to populate the earth. Yes, they are in the sky, but Allah can send them to the earth to populate the earth and live just as you live. Yakhlufun. So, it is up to Allah to give to a certain creation a certain status. So the power, true glory is whose? It is Allah's. Not of the creation. No matter who that creation is. Even if they may be angels. وَإِنَّهُ And indeed he, meaning Isa alayhi salam. Indeed he is لَعِلْمٌ La surely عِلْمٌ Knowledge. لِلسَّاعَةِ For the hour. Now the word ilm has also been recited as alam. And alam means sign. But even ilm gives the same meaning over here. Meaning, the return of Isa alayhi salam will be a sign of, of what? Of the day of judgment. When Prophet Isa alayhi salam will return, that will mean that the hour is very, very near. So indeed he is a knowledge of the hour, meaning by his coming, it will be known that the hour is near. Just as the birth of Isa alayhi salam was a sign, his descent will also be a sign. Meaning when he will return later, closer to the Day of Judgment, that will also be a sign. So we see his birth was miraculous, and his return will also be miraculous. فَلَا تَمْتَرُنَّ بِهَا فَلَا سَدُونَ تَمْتَرُنَّ you definitely doubt. And la tantarunna meaning do not at all entertain any doubt. Don't. Biha about it. About what? About the coming of the hour. It is certain. It is coming. Because you see, when the mushrikeen, they made such a big deal out of this argument that they presented before the Prophet ﷺ, and they laughed and they had so much fun. You know, these incidents, what do they bring in the hearts of the viewers or the listeners, doubts. You see two people arguing, one person, you know, he gives such an evidence or such a proof, and everybody's laughing, and then 
people who are watching, they're like, yeah, he must be right. And the guy who's being laughed at must be wrong. So you can imagine in Mecca what the situation was. And so, you know, when doubt, it comes into the heart, it spreads. So the belief of the hereafter is being reinforced that لا تمترون بها Don't doubt about it at all. وَاتَّبِعُونِي And follow me. Meaning follow, obey who? Allah. And follow the messenger. هَذَا صِرَاطٌ مُسْتَقِيمٌ This is the straight path. We see from this ayah that Isa salam will return. And his return will also be a miracle. And when he will return, what will that mean? The hour is very, very near. In hadith also, it is mentioned very clearly about how when Isa salam will return, he will do certain things. And amongst the things that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that Isa will do is also the fact that there will be no spite or mutual hatred or jealousy in the hearts of people. Meaning when Isa will come, the jail will be defeated. What will happen? And yet Juj Ma'juj will finish after that whole deal. What will happen? The hearts of people will be so clean that there will be no spite, no mutual hatred, no jealousy against one another. And there will be so much blessing in the land that people will be going around offering zakat, but there will be no one in need of it. There will be no one in need of it. This is a hadith in Sahih Muslim. So this is also you know, a miracle. That how Isa salam's birth was a miracle, his return will be a miracle. Because you all are familiar with the situation that will be when Isa salam will return. How will it be? The jal will be there. Imagine, the jal. And he's creating that facade all over the earth. Yet Juj Ma'juj will come out. And yet, Juj Ma'juj, when they will come out, they will also create havoc on earth. They will drink up all the water. Fasad, complete fasad. And then Isa salam will pray to Allah, and then yet Juj Ma'juj will all finish, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send a special rain, Mubarak rain, because of which the bodies of the Ya'juj Ma'juj will basically be taken away, and the earth will grow its abundance. You know, so much khair. And this khair will be in the hearts of people also. Every person will have iman in his heart. So clean hearted, no spite, no jealousy, no hatred. Imagine the state of the world at that time. So, وَإِنَّهُ لَعِلْمٌ لِلسَّاعَةِ فَلَا تَمْتَرُنَّ بِهَا وَلَا أَنَّاتْ يَصُدَّنَّكُمْ لَا يَصُدَّنَّكُمْ He should not at all stop you. Do not let shaitan stop you at all. لَا يَصُدَّنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ And you see, definitely, the noon mushaddad. This is emphasizing the no. That do not, at all, at any cost, allow shaitan to avert you, to stop you. To stop you from what? From iman in akhirah. From preparing in the akhirah. To get influenced by such foolish arguments. إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُبِينٌ Indeed, he is to you a clear enemy. So from this ayah, it is clear that these arguments, you know, that the mushrikeen presented, and arguments that are like them, they are an attack of shaitan to weaken you, to create doubt in your heart. And shaitan, he tries to 
cast doubt in the heart of the believer in many ways. So be on guard. لا يصدنكم What does it mean? Don't let him stop you. As in be extra careful. وَلَمَّا And when جَاءَ عِيسَى جَاءَ He came. Isa, Isa alayhi salam. Now in defense of Isa alayhi salam, more is being mentioned to clarify what his true status was. Because the mushrikeen said, well, Isa alayhi salam was worshipped besides Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is emphasizing over here that Isa alayhi salam never demanded that from people. He was Allah's servant and that is what he preached. He told people to worship Allah. In some narrations we see that the Prophet ﷺ clarified that whoever wants to be worshipped besides Allah, that is the one who will be in hell. Isa ﷺ never wanted that. He never demanded that from people. So, وَلَمَّا جَاءَ عِيسَى بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ When Isa ﷺ came to his people before, with the clear proofs, قَالَ He said to them, فَقَدْ جِئْتُكُمْ بِالْحِكْمَةِ I have brought you wisdom. I have brought you wisdom. Wisdom, hikmah. Remember that hikmah, when it's used for a prophet, what does it refer to? Prophetic teachings. Because we see that the Prophet ﷺ was given the Qur'an, and with that, what else? The hikmah. And what is the hikmah? Prophetic teachings, the sunnah. Right? Hikmah is wisdom. Hikmah is wisdom. To put something where it belongs, in the manner that is appropriate. So, he brought to them the hikmah. You could say that he brought to them the explanation of how and why you are to do what you do. The spirit of the deen. The spirit of the deen. You see the Bani Israel, whom Isa was sent to, they were already Muslim. They already believed in God. They had the Torah. They had the law. Didn't they? So why was Isa sent to them? To revive the spirit. Because it happened with the Bani Israel that they were observing the law, but of course they had changed it to suit their own desires. They had made a mess of the deen basically. And then they were doing many things, but those actions, those rituals were void of the spirit. And we see this amongst Muslims also, that so many times we're doing what we're doing, but we have no idea why we're doing it. Like for example, the fasting of the month of Ramadan. You know, here it's very good. You know, because in Western countries, or in places where Muslims are a minority, you know, we struggle to keep the spirit of the deen alive, because we're concerned about losing the religion. But when you go to Muslim countries, what happens? Fasting is just, what? It's just an empty ritual. Right? We don't eat, we don't drink all day, but then when it's time to break the fast, then everybody goes to restaurants, right? Everybody's eating, and there is no sign of salah anywhere. Nobody prays. Nobody prays. Taraweeh, unheard of. I grew up in a Muslim country, okay? I've seen it firsthand. You know, here taraweeh is known. In Pakistan, the word taraweeh, people don't even know it. Especially for ladies, it's unheard of. You know what, when it's Ramadan, everybody's fasting, yes, but at iftal time, everybody gets together, goes to restaurants, and they're eating till late, and then yeah, they go home. Jumu'ah, yes, once a week. Only the guys. That's it. The spirit of the deen is lost. We forget why we are fasting. You know, I'm giving you an example of Muslim countries, but we need to think about ourselves also. That many times we are doing 
certain things in the religion just because we've always been doing it and we've forgotten why. You know, for example, hijab is not just about covering. What is it? It's about observing modesty. Right? So if we are wearing the cloth on our head, but in our speech and in our dealings there is no modesty, then what does that mean? The spirit is not there. We've forgotten the hikmah. We've forgotten the why of what we're doing. Last, we're complaining about fasting while we were doing gym. And my gym teacher, who is not even Muslim, had to explain us that fasting is supposed to teach you patience. And if you're, gonna, if you're going to revert your daily life to do things that are easier for you, what's the point of fasting then? Subhanallah. That if you're fasting but you're complaining and you're being impatient, then it defeats the purpose of fasting. Yesterday at a welcome, uh, very similar to welcome Ramadan, the Sheikh was explaining the, a hadith about um, the connection between fasting and patience. And then after he went on a side note saying that with every single um, action that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us do, that's physical or, or any command that he gives us, it's never just for the physical aspect of yes. it. There's always a spiritual aspect to it that can never be the objective. He said, he gave the example of rukur and sujood. He said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you to make rukur and sujood, he's not targeting your back, he's targeting your heart so that yes. you're, something inside you can change. Yes, very true. And when it comes to fasting also, what's the goal that Allah has given us? لَعَلَّكُمْ so Ramadan, the entire month of fasting, is a training for the purpose of developing taqwa. Even in the salat, if we don't pay attention, we don't know what, just up and down, going up and down, without thinking who we face and who we talking, that will be problem. And and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi also about siyam, he said, imanan wahtisaban. If we don't have ihtisab, will be. Yes. That when it comes to the fasting of Ramadan, when it comes to praying in the nights of Ramadan, when it comes to praying on Laylatul Qadr, all of this is how imanan wahtisaban. With faith and also expecting reward. Hijab should be a reminder for us that, you know, we're in the spotlight. You're a Muslim and everyone's looking at you. All eyes are are on you, sorry. See, any aspect of the deen, any ritual, any matter of the deen, when we are practicing it, yes, the focus is on the outward aspect because that's what we see. But what truly matters is the inner aspect, the state of the heart. Is it awake or not? And fasting is meant to wake us up. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Become conscious, be alert, see the dangers. Apparently, exams have been made in as, as an excuse for not fasting these days by high school students. So like, is that accurate? Because I'm pretty sure it's not. Like, okay. A lot of my friends are not fasting because of exams. Yeah. I remember many years ago when I was in Pakistan, fasts were also very long and we had our exams. And... We were actually told by our teachers not to fast. But of course, we kept our fast and we told them that we're going to fast. But many times, you know, we think that because we have exams and because, you know, we have work, I won't be able to fast. You know, whenever these thoughts come to your mind, remind yourself that the Prophet ﷺ went for battle in the month of Ramadan. Right? And yes, there were days when they did not fast because of the difficulty of the journey. Remember that instant where the Prophet ﷺ broke the fast openly, publicly, so that everybody would break their fast also? 
Right? And then what happened? Some people did not and the Prophet ﷺ became upset with them. So, yes, because they were traveling, this is the reason why they broke their fast. And you know, our traveling is nothing like theirs. Our exams, our difficulties are nothing like what the Prophet ﷺ experienced. So we really need to see what is more important. And remember that the month of Ramadan is the month of Barakah. Because honestly, in a normal day, if you skip your lunch, what happens to you? You go crazy basically. Right? If you don't sleep in the night, what happens to you? You're cranky the whole day and you make everybody miserable. Isn't it? But what happens in Ramadan? You're not eating, nobody's eating. You're not sleeping, nobody's sleeping. Don't we all survive? We do. And there's this excitement in the air. Everybody's you know, happy about Ramadan. This is the barakah of Ramadan. It's the blessing of Ramadan. Something else that the um, Sheikh shared was, he said Ramadan is about realizing what's essential. Um, a lot of the times in the year we make goals about um, self-improvement or leaving off like bad habits. He gave the example of, of someone, for example, who might smoke or um, someone else who has a friend that they always talk to um, about gossip and stuff like that. And he was saying, when Ramadan hits, your entire schedule changes so fast. And you keep doing that for an entire month. And then you realize what you're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you'll, you'll set a goal, but you might not accomplish it. There are certain things that will prevent you from it. But then in Ramadan, you realize what's essential. Even food and sleep start not being completely essential. Yeah. You know, Ramadan fasting, it teaches us zuhud. Right? And what is zuhud? Basically, it is simplicity. Adopting simplicity, keeping away from those from fulfilling those desires that make us heedless. So Ramadan teaches us simplicity. When you have limited amount of time, limited amount of energy, and you have your exam to study for, you're going to make sure that you study for your exam. Right? You're not going to sit with your friends for two hours just chilling. You don't have time for all that chilling. Assalamu alaikum. Those who are thinking of, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to make up the fast later, for whatever reason, one thing that comes to mind is that the fast of Ramadan, the reward, no makeup fast will give you that reward that you would get if you fast during that month. Exactly. So before you decide to leave your fast, analyze if it's even worth it, that excuse, is it really worth it? So I mean, uh, as it's in Hadith too, that fasting is for sake of Allah yes. and Allah uh, Allah Ta'ala has said that uh, the fasting is specially for me and yes. I keep the report. But it's just like one of the pillars of Islam, uh, we still get qaza namaz. Uh, sometimes we have it. Sometimes we know what our quality of, of prayer is and uh, a lot of us still struggle. Uh, there is a little, little danger in it when we are trying to do things properly. Sometimes we are judging people and we really don't know. I mean, maybe... Um, some of us have always been fasting and it become easier. But somebody who is struggling, and maybe they're trying to do it first time, or even if somebody is struggling with scarf or whether it's culture or whatever, but they are struggling on their own level. And here we give them the attitude, whatever you're doing is not good enough. Yeah. It kind of, it's, it's a dangerous place because it's kind of bring us as if we are judging it. Yeah. And Allah doesn't like it that when we show our pride that way. Yeah. So, we need Again, to be you know, when, when we are discussing these matters, we are focusing on who? 
ourselves, right? That if we are seeing something in somebody else, we we don't we don't look at them and criticize them for the sake of criticizing them, because a believer is a mirror of a believer. So when you see fault in someone, you check yourself. Does this fault exist in me? And then the other objective is also وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ That if amongst your friends there are people who are discussing, I don't think I'm going to fast this year. I don't think it's going to happen. It's your job to inshallah encourage them and motivate them and remind them of the blessings of Ramadan that inshallah we'll do it. We'll help each other. We'll do this together. We'll make it happen. So we take it as a reason to inshallah encourage one another. This discussion is not to look down on others or put them down or criticize them and think that we are too good. This is a discussion to remind ourselves of the importance of fasting and the spirit of whatever we do in our religion so that we can encourage each other. And many times, like because a modeling is the best way, like if you are doing it, but many times the advisor, advice, we all know, mashallah, what the advice is, but sometimes the advisor uh, uh, bring it that way that we sometimes discourage people or hurt them. Uh, in their, so, I mean, I'm just talking on an individual level, yes. whether it's work placement or it's school or university, because sometimes, like, we are doing it with good Be intention. Empathetic, right? We, yes. we, yeah, we want to do it with, with all the good intention, but shaitan has its own way, mm-hmm. and shaitan wants to use us not, not as being good but to have them discouraged. Yes. And and uh, it's good to be careful. <laughs> Very true. I remember in school once, it was around the time of Ramadan, and people don't generally pay attention to salah. But when it comes to Ramadan, yes, they will think about praying sometimes here or there. So I remember sitting with a, a few classmates. It was time for Maghrib. We were having our exams. Everybody would stay till late for homework and whatnot. And um, it was Maghrib time, and usually... Myself and another student, we would get up and pray. And everybody else would just sit and watch or just keep talking. Even though we would get that break to pray salah. Usually they would go and smoke upstairs. They wouldn't pray. You know, at that time, I remember we encouraged somebody to get up and pray. There were so many excuses. I can't pray because of this and this and this and this. I've even forgotten how to pray. I don't remember. What are you supposed to say? How are you supposed to say? So many excuses with gentle encouragement. And alhamdulillah, that person actually prayed. So it's, you know, uh, tact and gentleness is extremely important. So anytime we hear somebody afraid about Ramadan and fasting, remind them of the blessings and the virtues of Ramadan. Inshallah, we'll continue. Assalamu alaikum. I was thinking, you know, when we have a, a guest, what we do, special guest, we clean up our home and we clean up everywhere and we prepare everything yes. and nice food. So we have to clean up our heart from if we are angry with someone or if we have some hasad, whatever. Just we have to clean up our heart before the guest come, yeah. which is Ramadan. Yeah. And this guest example is actually very good because, you know, when you have guests coming in, you could be super busy. You could be having your exams. But that doesn't matter because you have guests coming in. Isn't it? So what do you do? Yeah, you study in the night, but in the evening you're sitting with your guests and smiling and, you know, talking to them and entertaining them and serving them food as if nothing is going on in your life. And then later on you're studying, right? Meaning you compromise on your comfort. You sacrifice so much because guest is guest. That's it. Simple. At the same time, exams are exams. Work is work. But somehow you make it all happen. 
Isn't it? So the same way, Ramadan is ayyam ma'dudat. It's just a few days. Gonna come and go. So it's difficult, but inshallah we'll make it happen. So Isa salam, when he came to the people, he said, قَدِّئْتُكُمْ بِالْحِكْمَةِ I have brought you wisdom. We were talking about wisdom and we ended up talking about Ramadan. So he brought, he revived the spirit of the deen. وَلِأُبَيِّنَ لَكُمْ And I have come to you. Why? وَأَنْ لِأُبَيِّنَ So that I may clarify لَكُمْ for you بَعْضَ Some of that which أَلَّذِي which تَخْتَلِفُونَ فِيهِ You all differ in. Meaning some of those matters in which you differ in, you've created so many differences, I have come to clarify those matters to you. Because the Bani Israel, yes, they had fallen into a lot of division by this time. A lot of differences. Even though the book was the same, Torah. But still, so many differences. And mainly it was because they had made so many changes in their religion. And there was a lot of division. So his job was to bring unity. فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ سُفِيرَ اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونِي and obey me. And Isa salam said to the people that in Allah, indeed Allah, هُوَ رَبِّي He is my Lord. وَرَبُّكُمْ and also your Lord. فَعْبُدُوهُ So all of you should worship Him. هَذَا صِرَاطُ مُسْتَقِيمٌ This is the straight path. So these were the teachings of Isa salam. He never claimed divinity. He never claimed to be God. He never told people to worship Him. He told people to worship Allah. But what happened? فَاخْتَلَفَ But he differed. الْأَحْزَابُ The groups. The denominations, you could say. أَحْزَاب is a plural of حِزْب. We have done this word in a lot of detail before. And here, أَحْزَاب is referring to the divisions, the denominations within the Jews and the Christians. They differed مِنْ Between themselves. And these differences were not just at a theological level, but they were also eventually in politics. I mean, we see how over the years, over the centuries, how much they have fought against each other. And sadly, we are doing the exact same thing today. Because of theological differences, we are raising weapons against each other. فَاخْتَلَفَ الْأَحْزَابُ مِنْ بَيْنِهِمْ They differed amongst themselves and these differences led to so much disunity. Allah says, فَوَيْلٌ So a big woe, meaning this is a threat of punishment. لِلَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا For those who have done ظُلْم مِنْ عَذَابِ Of punishment. Which punishment? يَوْمٍ أَلِيمٍ Of a painful day. A day? How could that be painful? This is referring to the punishment of that day will be extremely painful. So for such people is a great punishment that day which will be painful. For who? For zalamu. What's the zulm that these people committed? First of all, the zulm of shirk. Inna shirka la zulmun azim. Because we see that some people, they believed in Isa salam. Some people outright rejected him. Right? Some people claimed that he was the son of God or that he was God himself. So this was their zulm. The zulm of shirk. On the other hand, the zulm of denial. Rejecting a prophet of Allah to the point that some of them attempted to even kill him. This was also zulm. We see that a lot of zulm was also committed against each other. Against each other. That because you hold a different belief than mine, I have no respect for your life. فَوَيْلٌ لِلَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْ عَذَابِ يَوْمٍ أَلِيمٍ And these differences and divisions led to a lot of oppression, a lot of injustice. 
Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَمَّا ضُرِبَ بَنُ مَرْيَمَ مَثَلًا إِذَا قَوْمُكَ مِنْهُ يَصِدُّونَ وَقَالُوا أَآلِهَتُنَا خَيْرٌ أَمْ هُوَ مَا ضَرَبُوهُ لَكَ إِلَّا جَدَلًا بَلْ هُمْ قَوْمٌ خَصِمُونَ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا عَبْدٌ أَنْعَمْنَا عَلَيْهِ وَجَعَلْنَاهُ مَثَلًا لِبَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ وَلَوْ نَشَاءُ لَجَعَلْنَا مِنْكُمْ مَلَائِكَةً فِي الْأَرْضِ يَخْلُفُونَ وَإِنَّهُ لَعِلْمٌ لِلسَّاعَةِ فَلَا تَمْتَرُنَّ بِهَا وَاتَّبِعُونَ هَذَا صِرَاطٌ مُسْتَقِيمٌ وَلَا يَصُدَّنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُبِينٌ وَلَمَّا جَاءَ عِيسَى بِالْبَيِّنَاتِ قَالَ قَدْ جِئْتُكُمْ بِالْحِكْمَةِ وَلِأُبَيِّنَ لَكُمْ وَلِأُبَيِّنَ لَكُمْ بَعْضَ الَّذِي تَخْتَلِفُونَ فِيهِ فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ رَبِّي وَرَبُّكُمْ فَاعْبُدُوهُ هَذَا صِرَاطٌ مُسْتَقِيمٌ فَاخْتَلَفَ الْأَحْزَابُ مِنْ بَيْنِهِمْ فَوَيْلٌ لِلَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْ عَذَابِ يَوْمٍ أَلِيمٍ 